for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I was in Los Angeles for vacation, spent a few weeks down there in sunny California, one of my favorite places to be, especially in the summertime. And if you're traveling around Southern California, you're going to need a GPS because it's easy to get lost and it's easy to get stuck in traffic because Los Angeles is just a huge, massive place. And so to save on data, because when you got teenagers in the car and you got a data plan, you got to watch that thing because that will get out of control in a minute. And so I decided I wasn't going to play as much music as I normally play and just listen to the radio. Let me see what's happening in L.A. Let me get my L.A. on, have my glasses, and I was feeling good, looking good up in a minivan. But still, I was still swagging as hard as I could. Dodge Caravan minivan, swagging as hard as I could. Turned the bass up on the EQ, did everything I could. And over and over again on the radio, I kept hearing this song over and over again. I kept hearing the same song. Like, what is this song? What, and, and I would hear it, and I, I could kind of understand what they were saying, but I just kept hearing this one line from Drake, and he kept saying, I'm still going bad on him anyway. And he had a bunch of stuff he kept saying. And I decided to look up the song, Meek Mill's, really Meek Mill's song, a brother Meek's song that he wrote uh, featuring Drake and this Drake going bad on him has a litany of things that they talk about that I was, in, I was inspired by. And as I began to break down the song, I began to recognize a song from David. See, in this song going bad on him, Meek Mill and Drake are going through a litany of descriptions of conversations that they are having with people who observe their behavior. And in their description of these observations, they are arguing uh, that some of the things that they are doing and the places they are going and the purchases they are making are justified because of who they are. And they express in the song that they have some haters, some agitators, some people coming against them that don't like what they're doing. In fact, Drake begins to describe over and over again how in the hook of this song, how he is spending this money and doing these things and people don't understand. And he says in this line, there's a bunch of people, he doesn't use that word, but you can use your rap imagination, what word he uses, that want him to go away. I interpret that Drake is saying there's some haters that would be doing better if Drake wasn't around. I hear Meek Mill talking about his credibility in the street, talking about any place in Philly that he could go to because he's Meek Mill. And if you look into the life of Meek Mill, you begin to understand why he's making this song. Because Meek Mill was on probation at the age of 19. For 10 years, the man was on probation. The only reason that the man is even out of off of probation after having going back to jail for being suspected of breaking his probation is because he is a recording artist, because he has talent. 
And there are a lot of people who are in our prison system today. They are in there either because of something they did do or something they didn't do. And they don't have the talent to get them out. And Meek is trying to explain in his own way that because he's got a second chance, because he's got a talent, that he is going bad on him anyway. He's, he, they do not describe who their enemies are. They do not describe if they are enemies from his neighborhood or enemies in the justice department. Whatever it is, Meek Mill and Drake are trying to argue that they're going to be successful regardless of what has happened to them. I know you didn't hear that in the song, but that's what I heard. My critique of the song is not so much in the words they use. It's not so much even in the language and their intent of the song. My critique of the song is they did not spend enough time on giving credit to for those who helped them defeat their enemies. And see, before there was Drake and before there was Meek Mill, there was a bad lyricist by the name of David. And David composed so many albums. He had gold. He was triple gold, triple platinum. David's songs that he wrote have meaning. And what I love about David, and in contrast to the song of Going Bad and Meek Mill and Drake, is that they're writing it from the perspective of after they've got out of trouble. They're writing it from the perspective of after they've been successful. They're writing it from the perspective of after they have the money to brag about what they're doing. I got no shade on them bragging. But what I love about David is David writes before in the middle and after the battle. David's bold enough to write about getting through the trouble and the pain and the chaos before the battle. So you got to understand, David is a fierce warrior. David is a brilliant king. David's got issues, but he loves God. David is complex. David's got a whole bunch of things going on in his life. But what I love about David is David has made up in his mind that whatever enemy comes against him whatever situation he's in he believes with all his heart that God is going to bring him through I don't know what it is about David but he loves God in a way that he just trusts and believe that no matter what mess he himself is gotten into he believes with all his heart that God is going to get him out and David in this particular song that he wrote that is featured here in 2nd Samuel chapter 22 and also listed in Psalms 18 David says I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise and he saved me from my enemies David is trying to explain to us today that I've been in some trouble. I've had some haters. I've had some people coming against me, but I'm still going bad. I'm still going forward. I'm still going to pursue God and watch God deliver me from my enemies. And I'm just here today to encourage you that maybe some of you have not made the decision that despite the enemies that you have, despite the agitators and the aggressors and the antagonists, that you need to make a decision that God is going to bring you out anyway. Perhaps you don't even realize that you are surrounded by enemies. Perhaps you just think life has knocked you down. Can I just tell you and give you some news today that you have some enemies? 
Yeah, you have some people that are coming against you because anytime you are a child of God, you are going to have some enemies. Uh, you are going to have some enemies. You are going to have some adversaries. You're going to have some antagonists and you're going to have some agitators. Can I break this down a little bit? Are uh, you going to have some adversaries? You're going to have people that want to go against you just because it's you. They may not show up the way you think they'll show up. They may not just be people who dislike your stuff on social media. It may be the person that smiles and says, hi, how you doing? You want to go to coffee? You want to go out to eat? It may be someone who just wants to be in your life just to be critical of you. They just want to know your business so they can talk about you. That's what an adversary is who's made up in their mind that they're going to go against you no matter how nice you are to them. Them, no matter how good you are to them, they've made up in their mind that they're going against you. Uh, you might have some antagonists. There's some people who have just decided that they are going to get go against every plan that you make. Any idea you have, they're going to shoot it down. Any suggestion you have, they're going to reason it away. Anything you buy, they go out and buy something even better. Anybody have anybody like that in their life? I'm just telling you that you've got some agitators and some antagonists and some adversaries. I can't stand agitators, but I think agitators are good for you. Those are people who just want to make you mad. Those are people that just stir up the things that try to just get your blood pressure racing. And what I love about it is because it exposes the fact that I need to make a decision of what I'm going to do in the presence of these enemies. And sometimes the question is not, what am I going to do in the presence of the enemies? Sometimes the question is, What's going to happen if I don't do anything? Because you've got some enemies. You've got some haters. You've got people that don't want you to concede, succeed. You have spiritual beings, the enemy who does not want you to cross the finish line. They don't want you to get over the addiction. They don't want you to finish the degree. They don't want you to start the business because they know the moment you become successful, you're going to be a bigger problem for them. And I want to encourage you today to tell you that at some point, you've got to decide that regardless of who's against you and what's against you, that you've got to press forward and you've got to ask God for the victory. I don't know what you're deciding for today. I don't know what's come against you today. But every once in a while, we need to learn from David and do an assessment and decide I'm going to go forward despite the enemies that are against me. It's real easy to quit. It's real easy to stay in the place you are. It's really easy to say things like, well, I guess this is never going to happen for me. I guess this is it for me. I guess this is all that God has for me. Let me just tell you that this is not all that God has for you. This is not all. You don't have to just settle for this. What you need to do is decide what you're going to do in the presence of your enemies. And what I love about David is David was honest enough to say that sometimes my biggest enemies are not in the armies that are around me. It's not in the people that's close to me. It's the person that's inside of me. 
How many of you know that you can be your worst enemy? Before it even comes out of your mouth, you've already shut it down. Before you've even really started to dream, you've already come up with 10 reasons why you can't. When you really decide you want to get free, you've got 15 reasons why you should stay stuck. But I want to encourage you from what David did. I love the assessment of this particular psalm that I feel David can give us some encouragement. Because every once in a while, you got to do an assessment. Y'all know what an assessment is, right? Every once in a while, you got to check and see what you have and if it's working. Because there's some people in your life that are here right now and they're not working out for you. Let's just be honest. You can't get to the level that God wants you to be at with those people in your life. And what I love about David in this particular psalm is this is a reflection of deliverance. Where we find David is toward the end of his kingship, towards the end of his ministry. And as we saw here in verse 1, David sang this song to the Lord on the day the Lord rescued him, watch this, from all his enemies and from Saul. I want you to understand that David had a lot of enemies. And a lot of the enemies he had was because he was king. In fact, the man that he mentioned, Saul, was the previous king that David was going to succeed. But David was even fighting him. Even the legacy of who he was, David was surrounded by enemies. And we find David towards the end of his kingship reflecting on his days and saying, and noticing that this day he had been delivered in chapter 21 of all his enemies. How many of you have heard the story of David and Goliath? You've heard the story of David and Goliath. David, when he was 17, killed Goliath, this great monstrous man. Well, towards the end of his life, Goliath had four brothers just as big as him. And guess what? They came after David. And in chapter 21, it tells us that David was too weak to fight. And he had got to the point where there were people who were so loyal to him. People who said, David, we can't have you out here fighting. And these mighty men of David defeated and destroyed the rest of Goliath's brothers. One in the Bible says the brother had six fingers and six toes. On both feet. It says he had six fingers and six toes on both feet. His jumper was probably wet. He could probably catch any football you threw to him. Brother brother had to have been a tight end, right? Six fingers. Could you imagine fighting somebody with six fingers on one hand? That's a big fist. I don't think we want any parts of that. And that's who this one of the people that they had to kill. I mean, when you look in verse 21, it talks about chapter 21 how big the swords were and how strong they were. And David had been delivered. So when you look at this particular passage, as David gives God praise, he says, the Lord's my rock, my fortress, my savior. He's my rock in whom I find protection. He's my shield, the power that saves me and my place of safety. He's my refuge and my savior the one who saves me from violence. And I got caught up in verse four. Mm, I got caught up with David when he says, I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise 
and he saved me from my enemies. At first glance, you could have just glanced it over because this is a long song. He says a lot, but something about that caught my attention. And as I began to reflect on it, I saw this process of assessment that David does. And I wanted to encourage you by looking behind his assessment and show you why he made the decision to be resilient. There's an assessment that David makes. David runs through some things and sees his reasons for why he can say, the Lord has saved me. I want to break this verse down, the three parts of this verse, and then I want to let you go home. So here's the first part of it. It says, I called on the Lord. The second part is, who is worthy of praise? And the last part is, and he saved me from my enemies. I called on the Lord. Here's what David did. He made an assessment of his resources. You see, David's saying, when I got in trouble, I called on the Lord. But here was the reality. David wasn't by himself. David was a king. David had an army. And David had Navy SEALs and special operatives that he could call on at any time. Now, I guarantee you, if you had some haters and you had secret service, you'd be a problem. If somebody wanted to pick a fight with me and I had secret service, I wouldn't feel too bad about some enemies, right? Because I've got an army, I've got a secret service, I've got special ops. David had resources, but here's what David did not do. David did not depend solely on his resources. Mm -hmm. David didn't just say, well, I got in some trouble, so I'm going to call on the military. David didn't just say, I got into some trouble, so I'm going to increase my military budget next year and buy some more tanks. David says, I'm doing an assessment, and when I look at my army, I realize that my army is not enough. The other thing that David didn't do is David didn't just depend on the Lord without his resources. He didn't just say, well, I'm just going to hold my resources here, and I'm just going to pray, and I'm just going to see what happens. No, no, David says, I need you to give me the victory and I'm going to invest all of my resources that I have along with what God can do. See, most times we want God's help, but we don't want to use what he already gave us. We don't want to use the resources that we already have. We don't want to use who God has already put in our life. David did an assessment and he says, I've got some good things going and I'm willing to invest what God has given me in order for God to take that and do the victory that I need. See, sometimes we, we want God to bless us, but we don't want to invest in God, right? We want God to bail us out at the last minute. And then when God's like, cool, well, I'm going to need you to spend some more time with me. We're like, oh, I don't really got a lot of time. And there's an assessment that David made that I love it. He says, I called on the Lord. And that's in spite of the enemies I have. 
and the resources I have, I just know that with my resources and what God can do, I need him to finish this battle. And David says, I've got resources, but my resources plus God can do some damage. And if I could just encourage you to use what you already have. Use that little car that you already got. Be thankful for the apartment that you already have. Be thankful for the woman that you already got. Come on, be thankful for the man that you already got because it's hard out here for a brother. Let me just tell you. Be thankful for the kids you got. Be thankful for the job that you have. Be thankful for the income that you have. But your income plus God can do a whole bunch. And your faithfulness plus God can do a lot more. So I love that. He says, I called on the Lord. One of my questions I want to ask you is when you get in trouble, who do you call? It's a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer out loud. But when you get in trouble, who do you really call? Where's the place that you go? David says, I'm calling God right now. He confesses. His reflection says, look, if I'm going to keep going, if I'm going to go in spite of my enemies, I've got to make sure that I call on God. Then the second part, I love this. He says, who is worthy of praise. I love this assessment that he does. He does an assessment of his support system. He says, if I look at everybody that's in my corner, I look at my family, I look at my military, I look at the people around me, I look at my advisors. They're all great. They're all warriors. They're all competent. They're all awesome. But there's one person on my team that is worthy of praise. Because I can go back before I had any of these people, back when I was in the field and I was just keeping sheep and the bear came up and I killed the bear and the lion tried to snatch my sheep and I killed the lion with my bare hands. That same God is the same one that gave me victory against Goliath and all my enemies. So when I look at my resources and I do my support system check, I realize that God is worthy to be praised. Out of everything that I have, God is the most valuable thing in my life. Here's why we got to do this assessment. Because sometimes we don't really know if who we're leaning on is helping us or not. Because when it gets hard, we all got something to lean on. And I'm not being judgmental about what you're leaning on. But I can tell you most times it ain't God. Can we just be honest? We've been taught to lean on something else. We've been taught to lean on maybe a substance or lean on a certain behavior or a certain practice. But the real but sometimes you got to do an assessment and say is this really helping me? Is working extra hours really helping me? It's not helping me. But when I look back and see and do an assessment of who's really in my life, I will see that it's only been God who has been faithful and it's only been the people that God has sent me who have been faithful, who have always been there for me, who have always supported me. And when I've gotten in trouble, I can look back and remember the times that God came through when nothing else would work and nobody else came through. Sometimes what you're leaning on ain't helping. 
and you can lean on it as long as you want, and you're still going to be in the same situation. But David said, no, 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 I realized something. He's the one that's worthy to be praised. It's not that I'm king. It's not that I'm a warrior. It's not that I've got resources. It's the fact that God has never left my side. Here's the last part that I love. He said, I called on the Lord who was worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. See, what David did as he, was, as he did this assessment, he was very clear that he had enemies. Now, don't skip over that because sometimes we think our enemies can't hurt us. You ever thought, well, I'm glad I got some money saved up in case of a rainy day? And when the rainy day shows up, it's a typhoon, right? And everything just gets sucked away. You think, I'll just make sure that I'm good and I'm going to get to the place where no, nothing and no one could hurt me. And you find out that your enemies aren't always people around you, but it's the person inside of you. And you can do more damage to your own life than anybody else that's coming against you. And David said, I got to be honest here, that even though I'm the king, even though I've got an army, even though I've got God, I'm still at risk to be hurt by my enemies. I'm not going to walk around and, to, and pretend like I've got everything under control and nothing can come against me. I'm going to be aware of the fact that I've got enemies and I've got them for many reasons, but I'm not going to get to the point to think that my enemies can't hurt me. I'm not going to get to the point to think I've got it all the control. I can finally rest. I can finally settle. And I'm not telling you that to scare you. I'm just telling you that there's an enemy called the devil who is going after you constantly. And if it's not for the grace and mercy of God to hold back the winds against you, you wouldn't be standing in this place. And I love that David can confess that it was God who saved me from all of my enemies. And despite of what happens, I'm going to trust in God to deliver me. I'm going to be aware of my enemies, but I'm not going to be afraid of them. I'm not going to act like I've got it all under control. I'm going to lean into God and trust in him. i never forget when I was in college. Uh, actually, me and Missy were in college. We were young, and we had this beautiful young lady over here on the keyboard and she was really little and we were both in school and we were looking at the bills and we were looking at expenses and the bills and expenses were talking back and they were saying oh we're actually not on your side we're actually against you and we were concerned because money was getting tight and we were married and we were like we don't go ask for anybody's help we're gonna do our thing and stuff got tight and we knew we had to eat and we knew we had to buy books and one of our friends said, man, go down to the office and get you some food stamps. I was like, what? I get no food stamps? I ain't never been off. Man, please, you got to be crazy. He's like, boy, you better go out in there and go to the office and apply for food stamps. I'm like, come on, man. Like, look, 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 we going to make it. It's all right. We can stretch. Man, back in my head, I said, thinking, man food stamps. I ain't nothing really to be ashamed of. Maybe I'll just go down there and check it out. So I went down there and made an appointment. And I'm telling you, I was, I was, a, little, I was a little nervous about it. 
I'm not shaming food stamps. I just, I just, you know, I just wanted, I just wanted to do it myself. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just wanted to, to make it. So I went down to the office and we fill out the application and they were talking to us and we were honest. But we started looking at our bills. I'm like, dang, we are, we don't make any money for real, for real. And they were talking. They were like, okay, so here you go. And I forgot how, exactly how much it was, but they said we're gonna give you this a month. I tried not to get excited. I was like, thank you very much. So we got that EBT card. And I remember at first, I would go to, I would go to the store at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Because I didn't want, you know, I was nervous, right? I was just nervous about it. I'd go like 2 o'clock in the morning. i swipe my card. Because I just had all these things I was playing in my mind. Because I had all these enemies set up in my mind. My image and what people were going to think about me and what, what kind of status I had to show. And God was like, look, you just need to lean into this. So I would go at like 2 in the morning. And finally, I got my breakthrough. Because I got those groceries in the cart. And I looked at my, my school bill. And I looked at my little girl eating with her mouth full of oranges or grapes or whatever she liked at the time. And I said, Lord, thank you so much for these food stamps. And my friend said, look, it's not like you're going to be on them forever. You can use them. And guess what? You're working towards your degree. So then you can contribute back to the system and you can provide for someone else. I said, okay, I can hang on to that. And let me tell you something. I got so bold with the food stamps. It was hilarious. I go, I go to the Andes market in the middle of the day, and I mean, I would swipe it, and I would love when they say, would that be credit or debit? And I'd say, no, that's ebit, and I would swipe it. I'd be so excited. I, I mean, I'm not even a Republican. I'd be like, thank you, George Bush. Let me just swipe this. Thank you so much. I mean, everybody was eating. All, the, all of our friends was eating good. All, I mean, we were all taken care of, and I was thanking God for those food stamps and I had I, it was a sad day when I had to turn that card in let me tell you I was sad about it I tried to hold on to that as long as I could I was disappointed I remember those days those food stamps I was eating real good and I was really happy about it but you know what I had to learn I had to learn to not be ashamed from where my help was coming from I had to not be ashamed. Ain't nothing wrong with those food stamps. They're, if they're temporary, if it's just a temporary spot in the, in the process, I'm not talking about settling on that life. I'm talking about God says I'm going to give you some help and take the help that I'm going to give you. And the enemy of hunger was defeated. And I praise God for those food stamps. And I realize that my help comes from the Lord. If it's a paycheck, if it's EBT, if it's WIC, wherever it's coming from, it's coming from the Lord. So I'm going to go bad on them anyway. I said, anyway, you can get mad as you want. I'm going to swipe these food stamps. Yeah, I got, I got $300 on this card. I can ball out. You need to come over, come over my house and get something to eat. You know you're struggling. Let me get some of these stripples and some of these grillers that I got over at my house. My question is, and I know I've run over my time, is you're going to decide to move forward? Are you going to decide to stay where you are? Are you going to decide to just say, you know what? 
my help comes from the Lord. My strength comes from God. And whatever resource it comes from, I know that it's coming from him. I want to pray today that some of you just get the courage to keep going forward. Some of you just get the courage to say, you know what? I know I got some enemies, but I'm not going to lay down and die. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to say, God, whatever it takes, whatever you need from me, I'll give it to you because you are worthy to be praised. And at the end of all of this, I'm going to be able to stand and say, it was God who brought me through. It was God that gave me everything that I have. It was God that gave me the victory. You see this wedding ring on my hand? That's because of God. You see this card? that I'm driving that's because of God you see the health that I have today it's because of God and I will not cease to give him the praise for every single moment that I have I'll tell you if there's one thing I need in this church is I need some more joy in this church I need some people who want to praise God in this church I need some people who can reflect and say no this isn't because of my degree this isn't because of my credit score this is because of the grace of God that I'm here and if I'm in his house I'm going to tell him thank you thank you thank you you're worthy to be praised you're worthy because you're God it belongs to you and I wish we could have some more praises in this church that ain't going to look dignified and stuck up and looking here and looking all holy when you know it was God who brought you through I'll just talk about me in the presence of my enemies when a bunch of people wanted me to go away I'll say like Drake and me I'm still going bad on them anyway. I'm going to pursue God. I'm going to praise God like I lost my mind. Because if it wasn't for God, I would have lost my mind. So I want to pray today. And the praise will begin to erupt in you this week. As you go back into your assessment in your life. And see where God has given you the victory. Father, I pray today for everyone in this room. Lord, you know the situations that they're going through. Some of them feel defeated. Some of them feel overwhelmed. Some of them feel like nothing's ever going to change. But I just believe that David is teaching us that we have someone to brag about, that you are here for us to give us victory, to give us power over our enemies. And I pray right now that the deliverance that someone needs today will come to them. I pray that they'll be free of any addictions, that they'll be free of any bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness, that they'll be free of any negative images of themselves, that they will embrace the future and the hope that you are offering them. And they will leave today knowing and believing that when we are in trouble, all we've got to do is call on the name of the Lord and you will answer because you're worthy you'll save us from all our enemies and Lord we say thank you we say hallelujah we say glory because you have been so good to us so many times we should have been dead so many times we should have lost it all but you've been faithful you're a way maker you're a miracle worker and we give you the praise today for it in Jesus name we pray amen